Hello, chefs. You're listening to Chef's PSA Podcast. I'm your host, Andre Natera. On today's episode, we're going to talk about accelerated learning and what are some resources out there that you could use to get better faster. Stay tuned. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. This episode is brought to you by Reese's Peanut Butter Cups. In breaking news, leading scientists worldwide are conducting experiments to determine if Reese's peanut butter cups are the perfect combination of peanut butter and chocolate. However, it appears the study was inconclusive, as the scientists couldn't help but eat all the Reese's. Because when you want something sweet, you can't do better than Reese's. Find Reese's now at a store near you. So before we begin, I should probably give you an update what I've been up to this past week. I did a little bit of traveling last week. I went to San Antonio. I ate at some really great restaurants. I don't know if anyone's ever been to the Pearl in San Antonio. That's, you know, the culinary hub where all the restaurants are. So you have the Culinary Institute of America there, CIA. You have a lot of different restaurants. You have the Hotel Emma, which is a gorgeous hotel. I stayed there. Shout out to those guys. It's a, uh, it's an old brewery that they remodeled and turned into a hotel. And it's, it's really fucking stunning. If I'm being honest, I had a good time, you know, I was chilling, lounging. Anyway, I went to two restaurants while I was there. I went to Ladino, shout out to those guys. They took good care of me. Chef Kevin Fink, Tavel, great guys, great chefs. The food is on point. They recognized me when I walked in. So if you're listening to this podcast, shout out to you guys. I went in, see when I go to restaurants and I did this on uh, Chef's PSA, uh, made a video on this not too long ago. When I go into restaurants, I like to sneak in, sneak out. I don't like, you know, I don't want, I don't want to fuss or anything like that. I just want to go in. I want to eat my food. I want to try it. And I want to go. So I was eating by myself really quick and they recognized me. And so, you know, the, the chef sent out a dish. So thank you chefs for sending that out. It was amazing. The food is really good. If you're in San Antonio, go try Ladino. After that, I went to Monchuchu. I think that's how you say it. It's a French bistro and it was really good. I wanted the classic, so I went in there and I had just a baguette with butter and lobster bisque. I was already full from the dinner right before. So anyway, lobster bisque was good. En croute. That's the kind of food that I like. I like simple food done well. The classics, you know, they had onion soup, they had lobster bisque. Uh, they, you know, they had their confit de canard. Anyway, it was really good. I enjoy that area. And there's a ton of restaurants right there. So if people are in San Antonio, go check out the Pearl. Go check out Ladino. Go check out Manchuchu. Stay at the Hotel Emma. Take some continuing education courses at the CIA. None of those people pay me, but I am open to money if you want to pay me. Anyway, I was down there to teach a class. And I was teaching a presentation on leadership, so I had a really good uh, a really good time. By the way, that wasn't a class that was open to the public. So uh, for people that often message me and said, can I sign up for that class? That class wasn't open to the public. The other thing that I've been up to recently is I've started going down the path of writing the new book. 
Chef's PSA. It's the next edition in the series. The next book in the series is titled Bad Sue, Good Chef. And what it is, it's a conversation between two chefs, a very wise chef and a very insecure, inexperienced person that's about to become a sous chef. They sit down, they play a game of chess, they have some coffee, restaurants closed, and they begin to have uh, dialogue on what is necessary for someone to go from being a bad sous chef to a good sous chef. So that's the title of the book. I'm about five chapters in. I'm excited about the progress, the way it's coming. I'm enjoying it. Uh, again, I use AI to animate a lot of the uh, a lot of the storyboard for the book. So there's a lot of different AI images. So for people that follow me, you'll notice occasionally on Instagram, I'll post like a cartoon with a caption, like a comic book. I'm making those. I have fun with that. So as I'm diving into AI, which is a side hobby that I do, aside from podcasts and all this, I really am fascinated with image creation uh, that you could do with AI. So I've been turning those into little comics. Maybe I should do a whole Chef's PSA page that's just instead of, you know, the standard red thing, the red background with the inspirational quote, maybe I should just do comic versions of it. I don't know if you guys like that better. Anyway, I don't want to fuck up the flow. I like the red look. So that's why if you go on my page, it's all red. I don't want to fuck that up. Anyway, I'm also recording video right now. I don't know if I'm going to publish the video, but uh, I might turn this into smaller clips on YouTube. This is the, the first video I've done. You can see a background behind me. It's a virtual background. I'm not really... I'm not really here. Uh, anyway, that's what I'm up to. We digress. Today's topic is how do you get better faster? So here's the thing with getting better faster is I, I think, you know, when I was coming up as a chef, there was, there was just a few ways that you were going to get better. Obviously, the first thing was you went to culinary school, you learned how to cook, you went to your job, you learned how to cook. And then you picked up cookbooks and magazines and you learned how to cook. There was the occasional TV show that you could pick up. I'm thinking back, you know, when I was coming up, it was like uh, Julia Child, Jacques Pepin were the two big chefs, Paul Perdome. You get to see them on TV. And then back then, my favorite show was a series called Great Chefs of the World or Great Chefs of the United States or Great Chefs of America. I don't remember what it was called. It was Great Chefs of America. And you saw these incredible chefs demonstrating techniques. And if you go back and you watch that show, you'll see you know, some of the legends of today. I think Daniel Balud's on there and Jean George and you know Dean Faring and some certified master chefs. I know on the great chefs of the world, you could go back and see like uh, you know the late Bernard Loazzo, and you know just actually maybe it's worth even going back and for me again memory lane going back and watching those. And if you look at the food back then. It's funny because if you look at the food back then, it's like, fuck, it's culinary school level. Like it's stuff that wouldn't get past even, you know, the best chefs in the world right now, if they saw that food in their restaurant, they'd be like, absolutely not. That's not going to fly. Food has evolved so quickly from the plating standards to the techniques that we use. You know, back then it was like everyone's cooking out of, you know, the very traditional French repertoire, Laguide, Escoffier. And now things are much more quick. Trends are faster. Social media changes everything. So if you wanted to get better today, what are some resources that are available to you to learn faster? So let's start with the basics. The basics are going to be culinary school. First and foremost, that's a very real option. Culinary school is very different now than it was when I went. So when I went, it was really just hands-on learning. And then you got your syllabus and you went and learned. 
Now you have online culinary schools where you could you could learn virtually from home, uh, online continuing education courses. You know, one that comes to mind is Ruby. You know, I've I've taken the Ruby courses before. I know those guys. They do a great job with uh, online continuing education, and they have very specific classes. Like you can take a whole egg cookery class, or uh, shout out to Barton Siever. I know he has a seafood course on there. There's zero waste kitchen classes. Anyway, there's there's a lot of continuing education that you could do online, including Escoffier. I know has an online culinary program. I don't know if the CIA does, but I would imagine that most likely they do. Go research this. Let me know if you find out if they do. But anyway, online culinary school is an option in person and online. So there's that way that you could uh, begin to learn. That's like price of entry. The next one is the obvious, right? You go and you work in great restaurants. You work where you're at. You learn around the chefs that you are. Now, I've often said this before, is you always want to work around people that are better than you. That's how you're going to accelerate your learning is you work around people that have a higher skill set than you. So you're paying attention, right? That is the next one. Now, I, I want to talk about stages and I, and I know like, it's like, fuck, do I really want to talk about stages? Because it's a, it's a hot topic. And I know, I know a case can be made. Like you could steel man the case for stages. You could steel man the case against stages. I fall somewhere in the middle because I don't think every case is exactly the same. Now, when I was coming up as a chef, we had what was called apprenticeships and you know, if you didn't go to school, you did an apprenticeship and you learned and you worked for free or you got paid a certain rate. And, you know, that was your way towards certification if you weren't going to go to culinary schools. Apprenticeships were a very real option. Stages fall in that same sort of line. You know, when I was coming up, if you wanted to learn and you couldn't work in a restaurant and you happen to be traveling, I'll give you a good example. Let's say you're going to New York for something and you're not going to live there because it's too expensive, but you're there for two weeks on vacation. You might want to get in a quick stage at a great restaurant. So you could pick up some new techniques while you're there. So maybe you eat in the restaurant the night before, and the next day you do a two or three day stage in the place so you could see those techniques. Now, the reason stages get a bad rep is because there are people that abuse the system. There's people that say, oh yeah, you know, we need X amount of cooks, um, but we can only afford to pay X amount of cooks. So let's say we need 40 cooks, but we're going to take 20 of them that are paid and 20 of them that are free. And that's obviously taking advantage of the situation. Uh, and and not a good situation for anyone involved. And that's, it's not good. So I, I don't necessarily support that business model. However, if as a cook, I know I staged, I've taken up multiple stages to go and learn and I wouldn't give them back. Even if they didn't pay me, I didn't care. It's like, you have an opportunity to go learn. You're going to take it. You pay for culinary school, right? And you don't know sometimes who those instructors are. And sometimes they're not even the best instructors. If I'm, if I'm being frank, if I'm being frank, sometimes they're not the best instructors. But when you go on a stage, you're going to be in the environment with the specific chef that you want to learn from. So why, why wouldn't you want to do that? Now, granted, I think you could steel man the case on either side, because I do believe that people should get paid for what they work, but sometimes a kitchen is full. So I'll give you this example when we're talking about stages, right? So I don't want to spend too much time on stages because it's about learning, not about stages, but let's say you really want to work in a certain restaurant and that restaurant only has 20 positions, but you want to learn and you happen to be in town and you go up and you say, Hey, I'd like to work here. And they say, sorry, we only have 20 spots and we don't need you. That's a very real situation. So sometimes if you just want to get in, you could say, well, I'll, I'll do a stage maybe for a day or two, just so you could kind of get your foot in the door and, and see what it is. 
right? Because they can't afford to bring you on and they have no point to bring you on. It doesn't benefit them a lot of times to have that stage there. And I know a lot of places don't allow stages because of the, um, you know, the, the, the legal parameters that are surrounding stages. So what you see a lot of times now, and, then, and you see a lot of restaurants moving towards this is what's called a viewing stage. So you can't pick up a knife, you can't touch any food, you know, for legal reasons, for ethical reasons. But if you want to stand in a corner and watch how we work, you're more than welcome to stand here and watch a complete service and pay attention. And that's also very common nowadays. Now, let's use this example. There's a great chef and you want to go learn from them, but you can't get hired there because you don't have enough experience or you just want to pick up a couple of things from their kitchen so you can take back to your kitchen, right? A viewing stage is a very real option. You could go there, you know, if you're, you know, if you're smart, you have half a brain, you could pick up a couple of things that they do in their kitchen, how they move, how they set their station, how they work, how they handle certain ingredients. All those things can be learned visually, right? So again, I think you could steel man the case for a stage either way. So anyway, there's stages, there's working in restaurants, there's culinary school. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. Then there's other aspects when it comes to learning. And I think one of the fastest ones right now is online social media, right? So you go back and you, you look at food from just a couple of years ago and you look at food today and it's like, it's evolved so quickly. Like I go back and I look at food that I've done a couple of years back. And this is almost why I don't want to make any more food for social media. Cause it's like, uh, I never go back and look at anything and say, wow, that's really good today. Maybe it tastes good, but it doesn't look good when I look at today's plating style because it does evolve so quickly. But if you're smart, you could follow the best chefs on social media and you could see what their food looks like and you could quickly learn what they're doing, right? If you go back before TikTok, so I remember I was, I was still a chef and this, uh, the photographer that we worked with that used to do a lot of our food pho photography for the restaurant came up to me and he said, hey, you need to get on TikTok. And I was like, what the fuck is TikTok? And uh, he's like, trust me, I'm there. I already got like 100,000 followers. And this was early. Like, I really didn't even know what TikTok was. This was, I want to say like 2019, 2018. I really didn't understand it. And uh, so I download the TikTok app and all I see is like kids dancing. I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, this is, this is sucker shit. This is not what I want to do. Not, not what I'm into. Not what I want to see. I don't think I'm going to do this. And he's like, you could be early. You know, there's, there's only a couple of chefs on here that are doing videos and their accounts have exploded. And so I had already had a little bit of experience editing videos. And I've talked about this on a previous podcast. I created training videos on basic techniques for my staff. 
And so I, I kind of got the gist of editing videos for TikTok, but I was like, eh, I don't know. I don't know if I want to do it or not. Anyway, fast forward a couple of years, no one was doing videos. You know, you go back to the pandemic and people were doing these long format videos on how to cook. And then you fast forward and you look at, you know, the reels on Instagram or uh, TikTok or YouTube shorts or whatever. And you could see these high level chefs that have really gotten creative with how to demonstrate good technique. And it's incredible what they're teaching you. I, 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 there's a couple of accounts that I like. Dobbers is one, you know, he's funny, he's engaging, and he's always showing his techniques. I really like him because I like how he sets up his line. And while the dish, it's like, okay, yeah, it doesn't matter what the dish is to me, but I'm looking at it like, oh, that's a cool technique, how he strained, you know, the peas in the Bermontea. It's like, okay, I never did that. That's a good idea. Or, you know, the way he sets up his line, he has a glazing rack and a sheet pan on the back burner. It's like, oh, that's a good little, little trick there to rest his meat. I always put it over here. So anyway, I look at that and I'm like, that's cool. I like how he sets his line and I pick up a lot of things for efficiency. Another chef that I think does it really well is Ron McKinley from Canoe Restaurant in Canada. You know, if you, if you follow his page, he shows some very high level techniques um, and he's given, like, he's given away all the secrets. You could watch him as like, fuck, that's a masterclass in technique. You could watch what he's doing and you know, he does, he does some amazing work with meats and roulades and things like that. It's like, okay, solid technique. You watch him. It's like no one was teaching that. And if you didn't know it, like you were going to guess, right? You were going to guess how to, how to do this, that, and the other. I saw Dauber's video the other day where he's putting like uh transglutaminase on, on uh ribeyes. I think he was separating the bone. And I was like, you know, no one was showing you that you like, you had to figure it out. If you weren't working in restaurants that were using uh TG transglutaminase, it's like, you didn't know how to use it, but now he has videos of just showing, oh yeah, I just dust it like this and I separate the bone, this, that, and the other. And I thought that's super cool. The fact that chefs are basically showing you high level techniques, it's like, spend a day on TikTok, spend a day on Instagram reels, follow the best chefs. And it's like, you could level up your game instantly, right? Two other accounts really quick while I'm shouting out accounts that I like that I particularly follow is one is Jules cooking. I like what that guy's doing. He's always showing again, really intricate, refined techniques. You know, a lot of, a lot of garnish work and things like that. A lot of working with alginates and anyway, you get the point. Jules cooking also great account. You can learn from him very quickly. And then, uh, Ryan Peters pasta. I think it's Ryan Peters pasta. What, what is his, what is it? His Instagram account. Let me look it up. I know I follow him. Ryan Peters, PGH, shout out Ryan Peters. You, you know, we've, we've known of each other for a long time, uh, through mutual friends and through, uh, organizations like mentor BKB. And I follow him and I'm watching what he's doing with his, with his pasta, where he's doubling the egg yolks, you know, Mr. B style. We're going to double it every day. It's wild. Cause I think the last video, so I was like over 4,000 egg yolks to make this pasta. I'm like, fuck, that's, that's one of those situations where you think to yourself, mm, Maybe this, like, maybe I should have done the math before this. Maybe I, I bit off a little more than I could chew. I don't know. We'll see how long he goes with this, but it's pretty cool. Like if you want to learn pasta making skills, there's chefs out there that are teaching you basically anything that you want to know, you could find right now, right? It's, it's a condensed version. It's, it's, you know, that one minute reels, Instagram, uh, format, but it's great. Like if you don't, if you're not exploring that to become better, you're, I mean, honestly, come on, like the tools are there. I wish I had these tools when I was coming up as a cook, because this is just accelerating everyone's learning curve to become a better chef now, really, right?
And then, you know, the last thing I want to talk about is just the other tools that are out there. So online learning, like Chef Steps. Chef Steps really was, I think, when it came out, game-changing. I love Chef Steps, especially, and again, I like Chef Steps. I hope they don't take this the wrong way if you're listening. But I liked them more early on because I felt like they were catering to chefs. And then I think that, obviously, the business model evolves. Then it starts catering to, like, everyday cooks. And it's like, great, but... I was following for the chef stuff and I think they kind of simplified a lot, but anyway, they're great. Like you go on chef steps and if you want to learn about alginates, they have all their class. You want to learn about macaroons or how siphons work. Chef steps is excellent. I, I think chef steps is maybe the gold standard when it comes to online teaching. I, I think they're probably the best. Like I can't think of anyone that's better than chef steps that does it well with the, the largest variety of techniques. The other ones out there, Granda, I used to have the Granda app. I don't have it anymore just because it, I didn't use it enough, but uh, I, I used to have the Granda app. I liked it. I thought it was also very good, like Chef Steps. I think Chef Steps was a little easier to use. Again, my personal preference, um, but I know a lot of people really like Granda. I didn't use it as much, but I also know that for what I was doing at the time, it, that type of food wasn't necessarily what I was very interested in. So that it also may have played a factor. So if I was very interested in that at that time, maybe I would have appreciated the app a little bit more. The other two that come to mind, uh, one is Yes Chef, also very good. I had a subscription to that. I really went, I really enjoyed it. I went through all the classes. I thought it was very good. A lot of really good chefs on there. And then Masterclass, I think is also, not, not that they're necessarily specific for culinary, but... Masterclass has some great culinary programs. Aaron Franklin, Thomas Keller, Gordon Ramsay, Dominic Crenn. I'm trying to think who else is on there. I think, uh, who, who else has a class on Masterclass? Anyway, a lot of chefs have class on Masterclass. You can learn bread baking. You can learn Mexican food. Anyway, I like Masterclass just because of the style of teaching. But if I had a small criticism on Masterclasses, I, I don't think, the the level of chef that they get is very high, right? You're not going to get Thomas Keller, Massimo Batura, Gordon Ramsay, or Aaron Franklin in a room, Dominic Crenn. Like the level of chef that they have is extremely high. But I feel like it's too geared towards the home cook, where some of these other ones are a little bit geared more towards the professional. This might be a controversial statement, what I'm going to say next. Now, I haven't had a subscription to Masterclass for almost a year, right? I, I canceled it, but I had a subscription to Masterclass for like four years. And I, I honestly, I think I made a list of how many of the classes I completed and not just culinary, but I think I completed something like 50 of the classes that they have. So I was a big Masterclass fan for all the other things that they have. The best Masterclass for culinary, in my opinion, is the Thomas Keller one because I think he shows the most amount of technique and there's a lot of finesse and there's a lot of detail in what he's teaching and very, a very high level of the proper way to do things. So you could build upon the skills that Thomas Keller's teaching in that master class, and then you could take that into uh, whatever it is that you're doing. Some of the other classes might show more advanced techniques, but this is, this is also one of the things that like some of it's trendy and it's not long lived. The stuff I think in, in Thomas Keller's class is long-lived and very technically sound. That's my favorite class on the Masterclass app. Controversial, possibly. Anyway, 
probably going to get masterclass again. If you know, they got to add some new shit because I, I just, I wasn't digging it after a while. It was just kind of more of the same. Now, with all that being said, so we talked about school, we talked about working in your kitchen, we talked about working around people that are better than you. We talked about stages, controversial subject, but stages done the right way, I, I think could be beneficial to you if you do them the right way. But again, this is, a, this depends on the person that's hosting the stage and the person that is doing the stage. All things need to be good. So there's, there's an unethical way to do a stage. And I think there's a way that you could do it where it's mutual, mutually beneficial for both. So I don't think we need to throw the baby out with the bathwater. Social media resources, shout out to a couple of different accounts. Probably, you know what? I forgot to mention one social media account, Chef's PSA. Like, fuck. If you want to learn, like, I'm not teaching people all the cooking stuff because I think there's, you know, the internet's saturated with that. But I'm teaching you, what, like, no one's teaching you the shit I'm teaching you, right? I'm teaching you how to be a chef. I'm teaching you marketing. I'm teaching you how to open up a restaurant. I'm teaching you your, your daily discipline mindset. So no, no one's teaching you that. That there might be a couple of other pages that are copying my style. I'm not going to call them up. Anyway, there's also podcast resources like this one. There's a lot of good culinary podcasts out there that you can listen to. You know, some of my, honestly, some of my favorites. I'll give a shout out to the Susio podcast. I, I love listening to that. Roots Hospitality is another good one. So, Anyway, I could go on and on. Flavors unknown. There's a lot of there's a lot of really good chef podcasts out there. The ultimate dish, the Escoffier Culinary School podcast. I've been a guest on most of these podcasts. Line Cook Thoughts. Shout out to those guys. They do really good podcasts where they're educating people. But the most important thing when it comes to accelerated learning is that you have to have a curiosity for learning. That's that's really where it all begins. Learning isn't going to come to you. You have to meet it halfway. You have to go forward and you have to find these things. You have to seek out the information to learn it, right? And obviously now with AI, like if, if you're even too shy to go out there and get the information, get yourself a subscription to OpenAI Chat GPT-4 and learn how to communicate with it and start answering your questions, right? All these resources are available to you. So if you are not learning, if you are not getting better, there really is no one else to blame. You have full responsibility. You're in the driver's seat. Anyway. We're going to wrap it up. Thank you all very much. You know what to do if you want to support the show. Make sure you leave five stars on this podcast, Spotify or Apple or YouTube, wherever it is that you happen to be listening to this. Tell a friend, tell them to listen to Chef's PSA. Very important, right? I'm giving you good information. Help your friends out. Don't keep this. Don't keep me a secret just to yourself. Don't be selfish. Go get the books I have right now. Culinary Leadership Fundamentals. That'll teach you how to become a chef. That'll teach you how to manage a kitchen. Kitchen Art of War. That teaches you strategy. Line Cook Survival Manual. That teaches you how to work efficiently as a line cook and how not to be the biggest idiot in the kitchen. Well, self-explanatory. That basically teaches you the unwritten rules of working in a kitchen. Go to Chef's PSA. You can get everything. And thank you very much. See you all next week. Hit the porno music.